Were they shot by Israeli gunfire? Did they die in a stampede as, desperate for food, they stormed the aid trucks heading for Gaza City? 104 Palestinians were killed, another 760 injured. The Hamas-controlled health authorities say the Palestinians were shot dead by Israeli forces. Israel has challenged the death toll, claiming many of the victims were run over by aid trucks. Here's what IDF spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner had to say about the incident when asked by the BBC World Service, Julian Marshall. As a father, as a, as a person, and watching the events of the, this day transpire, it is heartbreaking. Um, the reality on the ground is one that there is still extensive combat taking place also in the areas in the north and in the south. And this operation in the morning uh, was day four of an operation to get food supplies into northern Gaza for the people that are in dire need. And indeed, the images of the of the trucks that we released to show that there is a clear sense of desperation. The threats, of course, are in, in link and in, in, uh, in line with the nature of the warfare that we are fighting, where terrorists approach tanks, uh, attach explosive devices to them. And, and that is why there is a, a distinct threat. And this is what happened this morning. The tanks and the forces were there to accompany and secure the convoy as it, as it was moving in. Um, and indeed, they fired some warning shots uh, in, uh, in the air. Um, and then the trucks began. And, and what happened, because the trucks were being overwhelmed by the people that seeking to take and loot the supplies, uh, the forces then retreated out of the area. The trucks themselves were running over, running over people. The IDF spokesperson, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, and as we heard from Reuters correspondent Dan Williams earlier, uh, there was no evidence yesterday of explosives being attached to tanks. The latest violence was quickly condemned by many foreign leaders and US President Joe Biden, saying the bloodshed would complicate negotiations aimed at reaching a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. He was earlier in the week optimistically predicting a deal by next Monday. I'm joined now by Oliver McTiernan, international negotiator and founder of the Forward Thinking Organisation. And Oliver, when we've spoken to you before, you are an experienced Middle East negotiator. You have not been involved in these this particular set of negotiations. But how big a setback to the negotiations that have been ongoing will what happened yesterday be? Well, first of all, if I may say, I never shared President Biden's optimism. I think his remarks were rather foolish because he made them before, as I understand, the proposals even reached Hamas. So um, I don't know who's feeding him the information, but he seems to be out of touch. The gap between the Hamas position and the Israeli position, as I understand it, is so wide. It seems, it to me, it would seem very, very challenging, if not impossible, for the mediators to, to reach uh, an agreement. Because on the one hand, you have um, the Prime Minister Netanyahu still saying, right, we're going into Rafa, we're going to finish the job, we're going to defeat totally Hamas, but at the same time, we want the hostages safely back that they're holding. And Hamas saying there's no move unless there's a complete ceasefire, not just a humanitarian pause, but then not just a complete ceasefire, but Israeli troops get out of Gaza, 
people are allowed to return where they can to the homes that still stand. And when that's done, then we can start talking about an exchange. So, you know, it is impossible to see, and especially with the complicated way this negotiation has been carried out, not just through several parties, but also in public glare. It's impossible to see how it will be resolved. So do you believe then that President Biden was playing in an election cycle and within the primaries to a domestic audience in the United States? I'd be very reluctant to, you know, attribute in you know, a particular intention to him. But I think it wasn't the best way to create a climate and atmosphere in which you have positive negotiations. Last week, I was in the Knesset. I spent a whole day there talking right across the different factions. Israel is still very, very traumatized. And what deeply worries me was there was total cross-party consensus for, you know, going into Rafa, putting troops on the ground, as it were, going into Rafa, and also then going north to deal with Hezbollah. Now, if you've got a traumatized political leadership right across the parties, you desperately need critical friends, people who are going to say enough is enough. Because as these negotiations are going on, what we have to keep in focus is the fact that every single day, not just yesterday, every single day, up to 100 people, individuals are being killed, mostly women, children, but also 2.3 million people every day are having to endure life-changing conditions. We've lost focus on that. And um, I think that's where we need our political leaders to refocus the debates. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the critical friends and who they might be now and what they should be saying. Before I do, though, let's hear from some other eyewitnesses yesterday. The BBC World Service spoke to some eyewitnesses who had been among those queuing for aid trucks near Gaza City. I am one of the wounded. I was on Rashid Street. We were there all day in order to get food for our children. They are liars. They said we brought aid, but we paid for that aid with our blood. After they stopped shooting, we went back to get our aid. By the time I got flour and some canned goods and took it down from the truck, they shot at us. They shot me and the truck driver left and ran over my leg. Is independent verification of what happened yesterday important to the ongoing talks now and the hope that they can reach a a successful conclusion? I personally think that what happened, the circumstances in which it happened, will not impact on the talks. I think the only thing when we talk as the need for critical friends, I think there is only one person who can stop this inhuman conditions. And I would say morally um, bankrupt situation is President Biden. He is the only person who can say, as a critical friend of Israel, stop this cannot go on. And um, until he says that, I think the talks are just, uh, you know, a distraction. And the every day the killing is going on and it, it just has to stop. You said you were in the Knesset last week talking to, to Israelis. Did you have an opportunity to talk to Palestinians? 
Yes, I, I also spent a lot of time in Ramallah and East Jerusalem um, talking at the various um, political factions, you know, in, in, in that um, one can engage with in Ramallah. Um, uh, yes, and I think there's two big fears, and I, I know the, um, the Jordanians also share this. The big fear is the conditions uh, in which um, Palestinian detainees are being held in Israeli prisons. The minister for detainees was telling us he feels that because of these conditions are so bad, there will be a real explosion and this will spill in to the West Bank and East Jerusalem. Also, there is major, major concern about the restrictions that are being put on prayer in Al-Aqsa Mosque during the um, holy month of Ramadan. The, the fear is that those restrictions were now, I think you've got to be over 60 and living in Jerusalem before you can go, everyone else excluded, um, that they will also lead to an explosion. So my coming back from spending a week in the region, my fear is unless the international community step in and say enough, I fear we're going to see the situation get a lot worse and a lot more loss of innocent human life. I just wonder, though, you know, even as you say that the, the key critical friend is Pe- President Joe Biden. Is Netanyahu listening at all? Well, I, I don't think he needs to listen because he's got, as I say, the, the cross-party political support. Opponents, critics of Netanyahu, I still believe in the stated um, war aims, the total defeat of Hamas, and they recognise that means troops on the ground going into Rafa. And, and also, you know, the, I think the mistaken belief that through military pre- pressure, you can release safely the hostages. In my experience, Every time the host, a hostage situation has tried to be resolved through military action, it's ended up with stiffening resistance. So, you know, it's very, diff- it's very difficult to um, see where there will be a change in Netanyahu if he has got that broad political support within the Knesset. Oliver McTernan, thank you for talking to us on Morning Ireland this morning.